Hello, everybody, and welcome to the clubhouse. I'm your host, Teej Butler. Sitting next to me, as always, is my buddy and good friend, Dill. Dill, how are you today, man? Absolutely amazing. Amazing. We love it. And from Cleveland, Doge, how are you today, bud? I am spectacular, boys. Yeah, let's go. Let's have a great pod. Yeah. Okay. I'm not starting that again. Ladies and gentlemen... Sorry for that weird intro, but we had to give a weird intro because Coach K gave a weird intro announcing that he's retiring after the season. We are not retiring, so don't worry. We're here for the long haul. <clears throat> We've got a good show for you today. It is episode 89, the San Francisco 49ers, the Detroit Pistons, the Oakland A's, and the Calgary Flames episode. Like I said, I'm your host, Teach Butler. we got Big Dill on the pod. We've got Doge on the pod. We're gonna do a little. Uh, we're gonna do a little Celtics reaction here in the first quarter. Second quarter, we're gonna do some NBA playoff updates. Third quarter, wouldn't be a good pod without a little ice time with Dill here for some NHL playoffs. And then fourth quarter, we loved the new and improved wheel of debate that Super D made for us. So we're gonna have to run it back again with that. So we got some other great debates here to be had on the show <clears throat> but first and foremost ladies and gentlemen we got to warm it up now we may have come in real hot here with that nice intro but we still got to warm it up stretch it out make sure we're ready to go here for the pod so doge i'll pass it all the way to you up in cleveland man first how are you and then give me your warm-up i'm doing well man no complaints good. Uh, good. got a lot of got a lot of good sports going on with mlb Kind of kick it in into full gear, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. So, um, you know, good time to be chatting some sports. But uh, I'll kick it off with my warm-up here with another sport that I've been watching a lot and talking about recently on the pod in Formula One. Got another Grand Prix coming up this weekend. Really tight race between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, Red Bull and Mercedes. And they're going to Azerbaijan for the Baku Grand Prix. Another street course. Oh, okay. Going all through the town. uh, Always really, really cool course. Kind of dicing through a lot of the buildings there in the city. But uh, it's a really fast course, too. So it should be fun. Hopefully more passing than this past Monaco Grand Prix. So keep an eye out for it. Give it a watch this weekend. Do you have any early takes on who's going to get that one? Um, Let's keep it between uh, Verstappen... And Hamilton. Like, out of those two, who, who are you going to take? I'm, I want Verstappen, but I'm probably taking Hamilton. Okay. But I think it's okay. going to be some... I think there's going to be some dark horse that's neither of them that comes out and performs really well this race. Ooh, okay. So, okay. we'll see. I think it's going to be an exciting weekend. Doge? I'm no Formula One fan, but correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a major issue with the Mercedes car here in one of the last races, and they're down some serious points? So they did go down a serious amount of points, yeah. Uh, well, Valtteri Bottas, the uh, That's, teammate okay. Lewis Hamilton, he came in for a pit stop, 
and the wheel nut wouldn't come off when they were trying to change the tires and they just weren't ever able to get his old tire off and they just had to retire the car so he just didn't even finish the race wild yeah so that's kind of what crazy i didn't know it was that dude yeah so it's uh that's kind of what vaulted Red Bull up into first place. Yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. Because he didn't get any points at all. Nothing. Typically, you would expect, you know, both members of both of those teams, Red Bull and Mercedes, to get points each race. What a stupid thing to, like, not, like, for you to lose a race on. Like, uh, like you know, what, what can you do? <laughs> but dang. Must have I agree. Must have on or something? I don't know if Real it was just, uh, knowledge if it was just drilled through or what, but... Yeah, they, they were not getting that bad boy off. They just couldn't do it. Really frustrating. Clearly. Jeez. I mean, like, a cross-threaded, you know, bolt uh, right. heated up too much and it welded itself together. Right. And you'd have to oh, replace yeah. more parts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it's very strange. I feel like that's, that's, like, one of the easier things to... You would imagine so, especially with the crazy guns that they have for replacing yeah. those tires. Yeah. I think you'd right. be able to get it out, but I don't know what it was, but they couldn't get it. Who knows, man? <clears throat> Just wild. Huh. I have an announcement to make. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Davis has been ruled out for the rest of Game 6, and he's also been ruled out from this podcast. So he's too hurt to come on. So I know we were looking forward to having him chat with us. But he's just, he can't go. So. Tough. No, but for real, that's, it's a real big bummer that he wasn't able to make it happen tonight. Doesn't look like the Lakers are going to make it happen here as it is large margin. Yeah, time on their season is dwindling, that's for sure. Um, Can't count the King just yet, though. But it's looking like time to retreat. For next season for the Lakers. Alright. Dill, what's your warm up here? Sorry for the interruption there. No interruption. There just was a chance oh. that he could have maybe A D could have came back here in the second half, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Well they just said no. Like that was my announcement. He's not coming back. Yeah. Officially ruled out. I was saying like even without that, like I didn't think he was gonna really no. come back. I mean, yeah, I get him just sit out the entire six minutes of time. Him. Not really. So my warm-up, I want to keep it in the realm of uh, some Tampa sports. May 12th, do you have any idea what the race record was? Oh, no clue. They played about 38 games. As in, they played 38 games. What do you think the record was after 38 games? Like, 18 and 20. Or like twenty and eighteen. Pretty close. Uh Doge. Can we just get into it? Uh yeah, I got I have honestly no clue. I can't even remember how they started at all. I would okay. say it's probably close to what T J was saying. Right around that five hundred margin. Yeah, so they were originally thirteen and fifteen. They went on a little bit of a run. They went six and four in their next ten games. They were nineteen and nineteen, May twelfth. Okay. Since then, keep in mind they've also lost two games to the Yankees here this weekend or this week. Excuse me. Uh, they have gone seventeen and three 
to now lead the majors in overall record. Just like just like a crazy run that they went on last year to end up going, I think it was 40 and 20. So when they played the six games, like, you know, they went on a huge run there. Um, and they lost some good pieces from last year, but they still have just like timely games and, you know, they were rolling. So uh, they're 36 and 22 right now with today's game uh, finalizing the series against the Yanks. Beating Garrett Cole. First, uh... Did you see that thing I put in? Yeah, I was going to say, the first start that he's allowed more than two runs this season. Right after the MLB puts out a, a little bit of a stricter punishment on pan, uh, punishing... What, uh... And substances, yeah. like pine tar and stuff for yeah. pitching. So as soon as they come out with that ruling, Garrett Cole throws a nice five-bagger against us today, and we end up getting the 9-2 win. But on the other end of the spectrum, with our pitching, Ryan Yarborough, with the first complete game for the Rays in five years. So through the Blake Snell years, the end of David Price years. That surprises me quite a bit, actually. So that's interesting that... That it comes, it comes in the regular season and not in the World Series when you need it the most, like, to win, like, freaking goddamn <laughs> World Series, dude. What? So, it goes to show you the fact that maybe they should have kept Blake Snell in a little bit more often here and there, including the World Series, Game 6. That we he has just, to be so angry. The rest of his career, unless if he wins a couple or one, like he probably won't remember. If he doesn't ever win one, he'll be thinking about Game Six when he's like fifty, six years old. Like, dude, could have had a World Series, should have won a World Series. Like, maybe not should have, but definitely could have. At least put it in your hands when your hands are on fire. It's like, the worst feeling in the world, dude. And like, I that I had the same exact thing, kind of you know, with me growing up. Right. Pitch an absolute gem. Go out there, new pitcher in the next inning. Four batters. Give it the game-winning hit basement or hit uh, batter. And you'll be thinking about that when you're 60, man. I probably will. Because <laughs> that dude ended up getting drafted by the Reds. Which is hilarious. Jeez. He's not Speaking of. Yeah, you got any warm-ups? That's an incredible segue. Right into my Reds warm-up. Speaking of hitting them, Nick Castellanos, boys, extending the hit streak to 19 games today. Batting a just oh. a smooth, casual 471 in that 19-game yeah. hit streak. Wow. Which is ridiculous. Um. So funny bit on his uh, about him on some podcast where he uh, said he took away his smartphone. That's one of the reasons that he uh, has been doing so well. He just has like an old flip phone, some like Walmart like talk and text like phone. He said he's because like, his he said he's he's too he's too childish to be distracted by smartphones. So he had to just get a flip phone. That's hilarious. Like a Boost Mobile, you know? Yeah, like old. It kind of looks like an old Razor phone, kind of. I mean, that could be legit. 
I mean, bro, he's hitting nine. I mean, clearly it's working. I'm just saying, like, having a razor, though, that's, that was cool back in the day. I mean, razors enough. are slick, so, yeah, it could be a little nostalgia for him, too, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But, you never know. Either way. Keep it up, Nick. We, we, we love to see it. By the way, <laughs> my, my boy Tyler Molly second on the team with four wins to Wade Miley with five, so. It's also leading the team in our ERA with a 364, which is terrible. Yeah, not so great. Sonny Gray is not doing that. No, his ERA isn't terrible. I just don't think he gets any run support when he pitches because it's weird. Yeah, because they like kind of know they're like, oh well, like we can almost take the day off because like he probably is nice. one of, like the best pitcher, but like just hasn't been healthy. Nah. The last game against the Phillies got ugly. He gave up a good amount of runs, and then they just absolutely shelled us after they took him out, too. They smacked us. Blandino pitched better than Sonny Gray that day. I was going to go to the game, and I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, dude, that would have been miserable. 17-3? to Didn't she lose to the Giants 19-4? to so, Yeah, something like that. What is that, dude? Bro, I don't know. Oof. Dude, we just don't have pitchers. We can bomb it with the best of them, but if you don't... Luis Castillo like, had his magic powers, like, sucked away, and then Trevor Bauer... Like, Trevor Bauer just, like, must like, vampire-style, like, sucked his blood and, like, took all his pitching abilities. Spaceship-style. Yeah, like, just, like, here, like, check out this <laughs> magic baseball. Just took it all with him. And he just took it with him to L.A. Yeah, he has a... He's terrible. So, I was reading through the red bad, pitching bro. stats earlier with TJ, just, like, being... Because, like... I know their record and stuff, and I pay attention if they win or lose, but, like, I don't look at their stats like I do my teams, right? Dude, they have so many pitchers with, like, an 8-plus ERA. It is ridiculous. And then I saw Luis Castillo, who was, like, wasn't he up for, like, Cy Young a couple years ago? Maybe. maybe. Or, like, yeah, like a contender, at least? Yeah. Yes. He is 1-8 with a 7.22 ERA. Like, what is that, dude? Bad, dude. Our ace. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, our ace, Doge. When you... So, to be. You know how back in the day when you would watch ESPN and you would see this, the bottom line with, like, the pitchers who would be pitching that day? Yeah. You just see a 1-8 and eight with a 7-22. You're like, dude, there's, who is that? Like, how is he in the league? Mm-hmm. So, the good news is you guys are only a couple games under 500, and if you can figure out the pitching at all in the second half, then, like, you guys should be good. But then you won't be able to hit by them. Right. Well, something will go wrong. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll trade some hitters for a pitching. You never have both. This is what I've learned as a Reds fan. Yeah. Yep. That's how it goes. <laughs> um, all right, boys. Let's move on here to the yep. first quarter. Um, wild news coming out of the Boston area the other day. Danny Ainge stepping down. And Brad Stevens now promoted as president of basketball operations, leaving the Boston Celtics coaching job vacant. Um, I'll give I'll, you guys can react to this first, and then I'll do some little reaction, and then we'll go see like who you guys think might be the coach after that. So, uh, Dill, I'll toss it back to you first. Like, what was your reaction when you heard this, or like what were your thoughts? Like I'm intrigued to hear as a non. Yeah, so fan, it like kind of it kind of came in like waves because I at first I saw that Danny Ainge was stepping down, and then I saw that 
uh, Brad Stevens was going to be taking that role over. I was like, oh, wow, he's going to be coaching and doing this. And I was like, right, oh, no, he's not trouble. coaching. Right. So then I was like, oh, wow. And, like, I immediately thought after that, like, who's going to be your coach? Like, like, yeah. I didn't see this coming. No. But I said to you the other day, this is probably something they knew, and that's why they kept his, like, contract under wraps as far as, like, how much he was getting paid. Because it could be that they were like, hey, here's the agreement if we don't do so hot in the playoffs – you know, I'm going to step down. Here's your contract. Like, I don't know how that all works, but right. I bet that there was some sort of foreshadowing before that led to some of these events happening, I think. Right. <clears throat> um, okay. Are you chiming in or you want to just go and then you can wrap it up? I was, just checking to, I was just checking to see when he signed the extension because I know we talked about the like, fan. I didn't look it up, but it was in, I think it was like, Go ahead, Doge. Yeah. Like what was your reaction? I'll let T wrap it up as a C's fan. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes more sense now to where they were kind of in that weird period of will Brad Stevens be returning and we didn't really know. And then they said, yeah, you know, he's still with the team, et cetera, et cetera. It was kind of like when they were tailing off a little bit this year. But it makes sense that they're kind of transitioning him out of that head coaching role because you did kind of get the sense that you know, maybe they were ready for a change, and it kind of seems to be that way. But I didn't necessarily foresee, you know, Danny Ainge stepping down and Brad Stevens jumping up into that role. That would not have been the timeline I would have predicted by any means. But uh, it's interesting, man. I mean, to potentially see who we could have fill in that role. Um, <clears throat> so I guess the first thing I have to say is, like, this is similar to Marvin Lewis being fired because Danny Ainge has always been the GM of the Celtics since I've been a fan. Like, he was hired in 2003. I became a fan in, like, 2007, 6, 8 range, like, whenever they acquired Kevin Garnett. And I've been a fan since. So, ever since I've been a fan, he's been the GM, which is crazy to think about. That was always something that you could kind of fall back on. Like, oh, well, you know what? At least Danny's a GM. You know, he's going to make the right moves. Like, we'll be fine. Like, just, like, trust the process kind of type deal. Not like in Philly where we're going to tank it all out. But, um, <clears throat> I don't know. So, it's weird to see him gone. It's really weird to see Brad promoted. But I, like, instantly was like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, I kind of like it. Man, that's nuts. Like, I don't know, just bouncing back and forth because, like, the rumors were Brad was really burnt out from this year and, like, the back-to-back and how close it was, which I'm sure a lot of teams were. Like, three of the four teams that were in the conference finals last year were eliminated in the first round and, like, pretty quickly. Um, So I'm sure fatigue played a factor there. The only team that advanced was the team that had the MVP of the league this year, and, like, that might be a reason why they even advanced. So, um... I don't know. He was really burnt out. I think that having the rest of the staff that is up there, like on the Celtics, like Mike Zarin and some of the other older guys that have been around for a while, um, I think they're going to help Brad really do a good job of being a GM there. I know a lot of the rumors, too, where Danny's kind of 
reputation around the league was getting a bit stale because he always wanted to win like trades and he always was trying to hunting for a big deal and so maybe now we'll actually be able to make some moves because he's not in there anymore um and they have a, pe- a different person to interact with and like make deals with and like there's different personalities with um <clears throat> that's not something i really thought of too that's a good point yeah he always did seem like he was kind of trying to wolf a trade out of somebody and just like get the you know get the sneak one the last, better one last. I mean the famous the famous story from him and Wick Grossbeck the current owner who has recently come out and said him and Brad are both on the record as like we're trying to get Banner 18 or die trying which is pretty exciting to hear uh, that the owner is that into Brad and Brad's that in like they're together in on doing this like that's cool um, yeah. <clears throat> but like the famous story is like when they were making that big Nets deal with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, it was, like, originally for, I think, like, one or two picks. And Danny was like, Wick was like, well, why don't you just call it in? I think we can make that deal. And I'm, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know the full story. But, like, uh, Danny Ainge was like, well, you know, Wick, I think I can get, like, you know, another pick out of him. <clears throat> and then he's like, all right, well, why don't you call and ask him for four picks? And Danny's like, four picks? I can't ask him for four picks or however many, I think it was ended up being four picks. He's like, well, if you think that they're that desperate for three picks, I bet they'll do it for four picks. So just call them for four picks. And, like, so he calls them and asks for four picks, which is two more than that than the normal deal. And, like, that deal got done. But, like, that's just a famous story about Danny Ainge. He's always trying to get one last little extra bit. And if he can, like, why not? So I think that'll be different now that Brad's in charge there, which is cool. Brad's a really great guy, an incredible basketball mind, too. The ultimate dream <clears throat> is that Brad is, like, the next, like, or our version of a Pat Riley, where he can come in, really help assist with the coach that we have, like, being in the basketball mind that he is, like, even, like, do some individual player stuff, potentially, but also, like, be able to scout talent, like, really good talent, and, like, know what works in terms of, like, how a coach can use guys or what the coach needs, and then what the players need and stuff like that. Um, and then also there's some rumors too, that he might do this for a little bit and then, you know, come back to coaching potentially and be like, you know what, I'm back in, like, I'm, I'm tired of, or, you know, I'm not burnt out anymore. I can rejoin here potentially. So I don't know if that will necessarily happen or not. I think that's more unlikely, but either way, I think it's a, it's a cool hire. Another thing I... I've been, like, listening to every, you know, emergency Celtics pod or reading every story about it because it's just so interesting to me, like, how they did it and how there's no rumors ever about it after, you know, there's always rumors in, like, today's media and stuff. And I, like, heard nothing about this. Nothing. Not one thing. And everybody I've talked like, talked to or heard about has been like, yep, you know, I've not heard anything about this. Like, this was, like, you know, very under wraps. So, the same thing happened when they hired Brad Stevens, nobody knew what that was going to happen. It came out of nowhere. So this also came out of nowhere. I would imagine the coach that they're going to hire is going to come out of nowhere. So if there's, like, a rumor that somebody's leaked, I probably would not believe it. Like, I know that right now, like, there's some Jason Kidd stuff or some, some Lloyd Pierce. Like, I'm not sure about that, but we'll see. Um, who do you guys think would be a, a good coach or good fit in Boston now? Like, one of the big things that people were saying was, like, Brad's voice was kind of getting tuned out and like 
or he's not a good motivator, like who would, do you think would be potentially a, a good fit in there to coach, you know, those guys? I'm, if you have any suggestions. Does you have any suggestions on uh, what you think? I've, I've got one. And I don't think that we're going to have the same one. And if it is, then I'll be very intrigued. I we might, dude. locked and loaded a, a few. So. I would love to see Becky Hammond. Oh, yes. From the Spurs, dude. She fan. would be... I think she'd be good, dude, and she's widely respected all across the league, bro. Totally. Learning her pop for as many years as she has, too. I think she's ready for the step up, and Brad's talked highly of her on multiple occasions. That's true. Very true. So if he's a part of the staff that's going to potentially be bringing her in, like I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all either. Definitely someone who's been rumored, I believe, which is interesting. Phil? Um, so the only name, just because we, we hear all the time on broadcasts, don't you freaking dare say it. Who? Just go ahead. You say it. No, no, no. You I'm, say it. No. I want to know who you said. <laughs> There's no chance Mark Jackson is the coach of this team. <laughs> I just think it'd be really funny. In a, in a good way. Like, I think he could do a good job there. Nothing about that would be funny. He's horrible. You think so? Dude, what? <laughs> I'm just laughing until. <laughs> I know that you don't want to uh, be your coach, so I just think that would be pure entertainment of just like, oh, man. like uh, It would be great entertainment on the pod because I just would come on and bitch about him all the time. Um... The guy I want the most. No disrespect to Becky. Is Chauncey Big Shot Billups, baby. <laughs> wow. Assistant on the Clippers right now. Interesting. Played 50 games for the Celtics before Rick Dumbass Patino traded him because he's an idiot. You had an epiphany? Go ahead. Look like Bill there. Just talk about, like, scenarios. Oh, I'm ready for them all. Give me it. Give me it. This would be great. Okay. Yep. The Suns go on to win the championship. Chris Paul retires. No. Stop. Goes and coaches the Celtics. Not happening. First of all, that would be wild. I would throw in the <laughs> You've seen how some of like the generational Chris Paul like, does best not Chris Paul cards. does not seem like a guy who would win the championship and retire. You know what I mean? No. Like he doesn't no seem like he's a ride off in the sunset type guy. He's like a, I'm gonna go out swinging always. He also just said he's gonna try to restructure after this year. He's gonna decline his forty four million dollar option and like try to get a three year deal. Sign in like, he sign, wants to play like a, a lot yeah, more. three-year deal with the Celtics for yeah, like a coaching Yeah, nice sign and trade for Kemba. <laughs> He's trying to get a three-year, $100 million deal after this year. Um, I don't know. The only reason I'm saying that is because, I mean, yeah, they have the players, the but person, Steve Nash the, the person, has done really well The there, person who like. is actually that person that you're talking about? It's John Seville. 
No, no, no. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. But for real, though, that's like actually playing that could retire and then could just come coach for the Celtics. That is a point guard. That is a Hall of Famer. Is Rajon Rondo. No way is he coaching the Celtics. What? He could. He's just, like dude, one know. of the best basketball minds out there right now. And he's like an all-time Celtic. We just bring Shaq back. I would not want Shaq as a coach. It's Kevin Garnett, Shaq by the way, coach? Kevin Garnett has already officially declined on Instagram. He's like, I will not be coach. I don't want to be the coach. I would not be good at it. But in this assistant, maybe bring him in. This is the all-time dream. Chauncey's the head coach. Two assistant coaches are Rasheed Wallace and Kevin Garnett, two of his great friends. Rasheed Wallace is a current college or AAU coach, I believe. And then bring in, like, David Blatt for defensive coordinator. (laughs) I don't know. We just don't even need the defense if you get those guys. They'll just stand on the side and just, like, scream at me. You just don't need David Blatt. Yeah. I just need Rasheed Wallace to just yell, ball don't lie every time, and KG will just swear up and down the court at people on the sideline and scare people. Just trash off. Yeah. Intimidate them. Yeah. Before we go into the second quarter, I have a quick one last final question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think Brad Stevens trades Kemba Walker or Marcus Smart? Or, I guess, both? Because it's going to be interesting. This is like one of the first times ever where a, a GM has now coached all of these guys. Where it's like, I know exactly everything about these guys, what they need to do, how to make this team better, and I get to do it now. That's a good point. Like he gets to completely build the team he wants from top to bottom. He's going to be like, I'm keeping the J team. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And just shipping Kemba and Marcus? Or he doesn't have to do them both. He could do one. He could do none. He could be like, Kemba, I'm going to just put you on ice till February next year. Like, Don't even think about playing basketball for a whole year. He's gotta go. Well, as a Celtics fan, T, which one do you think they would trade between those, and which one would you rather see go? I think it's much harder to trade Kemba Walker because he's a lot more expensive and a lot more injured and a lot more of a liability on the defensive end. Um, so I don't really know. I don't really know what the options are right now. I don't. I need to see what our cap is really going to look like and who we try to keep. Like, if we keep Fournier, try to extend him, he could be part of some trade package. Um, you know, there's some sign-and-trade possibilities, too, I guess, with some people, potentially. Like, I don't know. So, Robert Williams has a, an extension, I believe, coming up this year as well. So, we have to figure out what he's worth. And, like, that's going to be an interesting conversation because, like, Probably not worth a max deal, but right. probably should be extended though. Unless we keep we throw him in the package to be a part of the trade to get you know somebody really nice as well potentially. So I don't know. It's gonna be very interesting to see what Brad does. Um, one thing too that I really will be interesting is like the only real criticism I have of Brad Stevens as a coach is he would always just play this really weird like criticism to say 
Like, he'd always just play, like, the best players he had. Whereas, like, sometimes you need to play, like, some of the younger guys to get them some minutes to, like, develop them. But, like, that was, like, the one of the biggest reasons they traded Daniel Tice is so, like, because Brad would just play Tice because he was better, like, for the most part, than Robert Williams, and, like, or at least more consistent. But then once we started playing Robert Williams, we became a bit more dynamic, and then he started flowing with Jason Tatum a bit more, and then we could, like, open up some more stuff. So it was, like, we need to give, the, like, Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith and, and Romeo Langford, some of these other young guys, a chance to develop. And, like, Shemi Ojale should probably hit the road. Like, I don't know. I love Taco, but, like, he's kind of just should be on the main Celtics which used to be the main Red Claws of G League team, probably. Jamari Parker is all right, but you know we could we just need some better bench stuff to go along with our guys. There's a lot of people who are saying Danny Ainge failed, and that's why he he's stepping down because he left the Celtics in a bad spot. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, we have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like two of the best young guys in the league. Like, yeah, he's already those guys are fifty point games in Celtics history, right? Yeah. How old is he? 23? 22? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, if Kemba Walker actually comes back healthy, who knows what this team looks like. I don't believe that's going to happen. So, I would like to potentially move him, but I think it's much tougher. What do you guys think about that? And then we'll go on I'm with that. UT. It'll be tougher to move him because he really hasn't been playing at, like, a superstar caliber level. Mm-hmm. So for like you were saying to be able to move him to be tougher, um, I feel like you can fit Marcus into a trade that involves you know a few other quality role playing guys on a team with some picks and and make that Marcus Smart trade easier than you would a Kemba Walker trade for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what Brad does. Maybe we can do like a Fournier and Robert Williams and some stuff trade. Keep smart and the two guys and Kemba. I don't know. Who knows? But either way, it's got. It's going to be very interesting to see what Brad does as now the GM or the president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics. So. Um, <clears throat> let's uh let's move on here to the second quarter. Little NBA uh, playoff updates and predictions here. So, just like, give me your general reaction to the first round and like, what was your favorite series of this first round? Um, Doge, I'll go back to you. I mean, my favorite series is probably the one that's that's still going on right now. Um, is this uh this Phoenix Lakers series? Yeah, it's a good one. It's got to be it for me. But uh, Phoenix up right now, but LeBron's certainly not giving up. Down thirteen as they head to the end of the third. Mm. They'd have to have a heck of a fourth quarter, but they've been down sixteen. Boy, D book on uh, that. Fair enough. You guys are always thirty seconds ahead of me anyway, so. Is what it is. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, they'd have to absolutely blow it up in the fourth quarter to come back. But it's been fun watching the Suns and Devin Booker particularly go off. And to have Chris Paul there 
Uh, we've been singing his praises and just what he brings to every team that he joins the year he comes in. Like This Phoenix team rode that momentum out of the bubble, and they're really fun to watch. Just a quick two cents on this series, which is this has not been my favorite series, even though it's been very, very good and fun to watch. Well, some of them have been, some of them have not been. Um, it's a sad, butthurt Celtics fan because we just lost a series to the friggin' Nets, my arch nemesis right now. No more Danny Ainge. Like, this Lakers loss, if it ends up going that way, it's just, it's very, it's very nice to see. I'm enjoying <laughs> it very much. As a huge Chris Paul fan, that's an extra double down. Would really like to see him get a ring. I think this year may be his best chance. Their team looks incredible. DeAndre mm-hmm. Ayton has been way better than I think any of us ever thought he was going to be, especially this series. So, um, I don't know. This has been a great series. We'll see if LeBron can can clutch it out here coming in the fourth, but I don't know. Not looking great. Go Suns. That's all I have to say for that one. My favorite series, um, man, I don't know. Because, like, the one game stands out so much where Dame just went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, dude. So, I think, yep, I'm just going to stick with that. I'm going to say Nuggets and then Blazers, even though the Blazers lost. Dame has been unbelievable. That one game, specifically the 55-point game, double overtime, step back, just galore. Absolutely beautiful performance from Steph. So, Steph, geez, Dame. It was Steph-like, though, where just everything yeah. was going in and everything from three-point line. Um... Dale, what about you? Favorite series in the first round? Any just other general thoughts? Yeah, I really wish I would have been able to see that go to seven. I think that would have been really fun to see them go to yeah. game seven. Some game seven, Dame seven. Yeah, so Dame seven. So, without picking the same one, uh, I actually am going with the series that's still going on now between the Mavericks and the Clippers. Ooh. Luca's been going off, and like I'm surprised we haven't mentioned his performance yesterday yet. Absolutely unreal performance. So he had what? 40, Unbelievable. 42, 43? I think he had 42. Um, out of, so they had, I think it was a 105, 100 win against yeah. the Clips. Uh, out of all the possessions and all the points, Luca did not score or assist on six possessions for the Mavericks. Just Meanwhile, playing with like a bum nerve. Like, yeah, he has one on, like, a, nerve, right? a bad, like, shoulder, back, neck, nerve thing going on right now. So, he played 43 minutes. Out of five minutes of him not being on the on the court, they only scored six times. So, I know it's not a lot of time, but he literally just did everything that game. And he just got them to win. Um, honestly, like, he just does it in such, like, an unconventional way, I feel like, too. Like, he's pretty slow like he's kind of like James Harden where like he's a little bit slower at times but just can he's like, like control the, the tempo and the pace of it it's like Kawhi but like slower yeah but like 
know. He's so good. Flash is more of lockdown defender too, though. Look like right now. Well, like I'm saying, like Jeez. he's also not having those games. Anymore. Like I'm saying, like when right. he was having those games, he was just right. dominant with defense too. Yeah, and just having those huge hands and reach. Uh, I think the Clippers are in trouble, but we've also seen the Mavs just make some like, what is going on? Like as far as their actual play. They've yeah, they've had some weird losses. There's no doubt. So, game six, I think, is going to go to the Clips, then it's going to go back to the uh, Staples Center for game seven. Out of that, I don't, I don't know, it's a toss-up, but I, I just don't think that Luka has enough around him, unless Porzingis and him just have a great next game or two. I here's this, I don't know why. Literally, I just came to this thought and epiphany of, like, do you think there's any chance that, and I'm a, I'm now assuming, oh but if the Lakers lose, do you think there's any chance the Clippers wake up tomorrow and be like, holy shit, dude, we don't have to play the Lakers at all this year? Like, let's just, like... Win these next two games? Like, let's just go, yeah, like, let's just go get it now. Like, we don't have to, like, it could be our city type thing. Like, they're like, oh, we can finally take L.A., could be interesting. I mean, they would certainly have to. I don't think it's will happen. Find something deep down inside. I think the Mavs are going to win. I'm just saying, like that would be an interesting wrinkle. Because <laughs> like they played the Mavericks to avoid the Lakers, and like now there's all there's no way they would play the Lakers. Potentially, Chris Paul keeps it up. The boys, Devin Booker. Really yeah, let's well. say if Devin Booker keeps it up, I mean, yeah. Who knows, man. LeBron drops 20 this quarter. Lakers win. I can see it. I mean, he needs to. That is actually what he needs to do here. I've got an honorable mention for favorite series. Go for it. I liked how chippy the Hawks-Knicks series got. Yeah. Yep. I liked those attitudes going back and forth. The Garden being back was amazing. Yes. To hear and see. I would like Trey Young them... antagonist. Okay, he's a great villain. I would like to see them continue In a good to way. have playoff series against each other. Like over the next like couple years, just have them match up a couple times. Yeah. TJ, you should text Trey Young and tell him how good of a villain he was. I will. <laughs> That's so funny. One day, Dosh. One day. Um, okay, let's move on here. Do a little uh, prediction here. Do we th- who we think will be in the conference finals? We've got Hawks versus Sixers and Nets versus Bucks on the Eastern Conference, so everything's locked there. And in the Western Conference, we have Nuggets versus Jazz, and it's looking like either Mavs and Clips versus the Suns, unless something changes as of right now. So, Dill, what do you think for the East and then also the West there? What do you got? I think the Nuggets are really good as a team, even without Jamal Murray. I mean, they just play pretty well. Like, Michael Porter Jr. has been real good. Yeah, like if he if he stays solid, you know, they could definitely make another run to the conference finals and then get through, you know, this time. Mm-hmm. If Phoenix gets out of this series, 
I think they have a pretty good shot, too. I really like their team. I think Booker's a big-time player. They can use Aiden in the right spaces, and, like, he's proven that he's actually, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, he's definitely been worthwhile as an overall number one pick. Yeah, he's definitely, yeah. Like, he's, he's lived up to shown the his worth, for sure. I'm not saying that he's, like, best player in the league or best center or anything like that, but, you know, he's... He's far from a bust, and he's proven to be very valuable. Correct, right. Um, which I feel like a lot of number ones aren't necessarily like that recently. Or maybe all yeah, the time, you've too, like, but like you've seen a lot of ones in our lifetime where it's like, oof, like, who? And yeah, you might not give off the like the LeBron James number one pick vibe, but like, yeah. you, you when you hear you're like, DeAndre Ayton was like, the first big overall, you're like, okay, yeah. That makes sense. I can see it. I see what they're seeing there with that. Yeah. There's there's like a lot of potential with what he's got. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's been really, really nice to see. Um, as far as the East? Yeah, what do you got for the East? It's the Nets to lose. Like, for sure. <laughs> The Nets beating the Bucks. Yeah. And then you have this, the Embiidless or like the hobbled Embiid Sixers, or do you have the Hawks? Uh, I I would say, honestly, without Embiid, dude. I mean, I I hate the Sixers, and I don't think they're real. So. Oh my God. Hawks, dude. Ugh. I think without Embiid, it's the Hawks. No way. Jack at the halftime show today said, uh, without him being Hawks and Five. Oh. No. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but that's what Jack said. Ooh. I'm just telling Shaq no. <clears throat> just saying. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm picking the Sixers and beat or not, man. Trey Young is going to have to work really hard against that Sixers defense. It's really good. Those guys are really long. T. Steibel is super great. Ben Simmons is very good. Clint Capella is going to eat him. Let him beat. Capella and Trey Young are really nice. Dwight Howard will hold, be just fine. Eat, dude. He doesn't play yeah. enough. <clears throat> He's going to have to now if Embiid's out. And foul trouble. He's always had foul trouble in his career. I mean, you act like Clint Capel's out here murdering kids. Like, he's not that good. Trey Young is good. Something the Knicks didn't do, which is like, I don't know, pretty stupid, if you ask me, is they didn't go Trey Young hunting on offense. He's an awful defender. If the Celtics were playing the Hawks, Jason Tatum or a healthy Jalen Brown would have done a pick and roll with whoever was guarding Trey Young, I would you know, half the time and they would have ISOed on Trey Young and they would have cooked him and either drilled the three or taken him to the hole. And the Knicks really didn't do that. So that's gonna be Ben Simmons dr- bully bullying Trey Young in the post. Or it's gonna be Tobias Harris doing kind of a similar thing. Or maybe Seth Curry working him and pulling up for three. Like Doc Rivers is not dumb. He's won a championship. He's a very good coach. So I think that 
he's going to have a real good plan against Trey Young. I know Tibbs is a very good defensive coach, but offensively, I think that's where Doc's able to. I think they wanted to focus too much on Julius Randle, too, and get him going. And he just wasn't <clears throat> regarded by Trey Young. So, like, by yeah. trying to get those guys going. <clears throat> Julius Randle just isn't the guy who's like, all right, ISO it out for me. Bring it up, switch it, switch the play up, you know, run the pick, the back door. Like, he just isn't going to do that. Wow. This is close. This is. Suns have turned the ball over a lot. And then Chris it's Paul. It's going to get that. close, and then Chris Paul's going to be Chris Paul. It's not. This is over. I keep saying it's over. Um, yeah, so. I mean, Ben Simmons might be defense player of the year. He's so good. And if we get if we get an Embiid like one or two games, the Hawks don't stand a chance. Cause he's Embiid is unbelievable. Oh, I agree. But I'm picking the Sixers if you get Embiid. Yes, obviously everybody is. Yeah. Um, I think the Bucks are going to beat the Nets just because I just don't want to see the Nets win. There's no, I don't know. Drew Holiday is an incredible defender. He he should be able to slow down one of those two guys. Chris Middleton can get buckets. Giannis is huge. He can kind of disrupt Durant-ish. Which that statement again is kind of disrupt Durant-ish. <laughs> which is like not really, but do your best. I mean, Chris Paul is just phenomenal. Um, Dennis Schroeder, just like, dude, you have to guard him. Like, yeah, you have to cover him. So I've got, I would like to see Bucks Sixers, because I can't, I just don't want to see Nets Hawks, which I think it, there's a chance it could definitely be Nets Hawks, which would be so. Um, I'm going Jazz and Suns. In the West, chalk it up. Chalk it up. Chalk it up. I, uh... I agree with you. I agree with you. I would love to see... uh, I would love to see the Don, but... Whoever comes out of that series, if it's... It would be Mavs Suns if they both win, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever comes out of that series is who I would want to take the West. But I think the Suns are just better, so I agree with you, T. A Luka Doncic NBA championship run would be so freaking incredible. That's what I'm saying. That's something I can just absolutely get behind. I mean, you want to talk about something, yeah, something I would just bandwagon hop on. So yeah, I would, I would be so in. If just Doncic just went bonkers and they just were on, like, won the championship. Like, he oh. just went on his absolute <clears throat> I thought you were saying matching up against somebody and I didn't hear that. No. Okay. And he just takes on the Nets. Yeah, just buries them. That'd be so three. amazing. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so we have some. Those are like, either way, these are gonna be incredible series. 
whoever gets to the conference finals, like, I'm excited to see who these, the Suns as I'm getting here or who the Lakers might get, I guess, hypothetically. Nuggets Jazz will be good with Rudy Gobert covering Jokic to see if he can try to slow him down. Because Jokic has been absolutely money this playoffs, like, of course. Um, and just, like, quietly, like, being, like, money, too. I think he's averaging, like, 35 and, like, 10 and 10 in his wins or something like that. So, I mean, he's absolutely, absolutely going bonkers and should be the MVP, like we all know. So, that's going to wrap it up here for our second quarter. Let's move on to halftime. I'm going to swing it over to, to you, Doge. Where can we find the clubhouse-specific social media stuff? You can find us on Facebook. It's The Clubhouse. Twitter and Instagram are clubhouse underscore TCSN for the Cheap Seats Network. Mm-hmm. 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 Give us some follows. Like, subscribe. Yep, like, rate, review, subscribe. Slide the DM. Ooh, a little DM slide? Well, sometimes you got to, you know? Sometimes we will reply. Sure. Love some good digital marketing. <laughs> Dill, where can we find the uh, <clears throat> Cheap Sheets Network digital marketing? Yeah, so... <laughs> on Facebook, the Cheap Seats Network... In case you didn't hear it the first time a second ago, it's four words. The Cheap Seats Network. Okay. Okay. Got it? Got it. Cool. Nailed it. Twitter. Bingo. <laughs> at the underscore cheap underscore seats. But... Like I said, I disagree with what TCSN stands for, Doge. So what does SN actually stand for? The cheap... Uh, no hints. I have great one. That I've given. You want me to give the hint? No. Okay. Well, sure. I'm, I'm not changing what I have, even if you would, no matter what your hint is, because I have a good guess. Um, okay, so... Just because I want to say what I have to say. Fostering planets. What I was going to say was Sun's neutralize as they're neutralizing the Lakers. Okay. As we've been talking about Chris Paul. This whole time. Um. The solar. Solar. The cheap solar. You What about uh, sad news? LeBron's not the GOAT anymore. Solar. Just sneak that in, just at halftime. I don't know what the end is. <laughs> Planet. Negotiators. Oh, solar negotiators. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. SN stands for Settling Neptune. Settling Neptune? 
Man, so, I thought I was going to get it with solar. You were like fostering planets. I was like solar system, suns. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like, in. You know, I, I didn't really know like what kind of hint to do for settling. Yeah. Like pilgrim, you know, pilgrim. Pilgrimage. Stop. So yeah, the Pilgr- cheap seats. Well, no, excuse me. The cheap settling Neptunes. We have a couple of us. Wow. Neptune's the future. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, go settle a planet or something. I mean, that would be... Neptune cool. would not be my Pretty first choice. Some cool-ish, you know? Some cool-ish. Doge, what would your first choice be? It's a great question. Mine's Saturn, for sure. Saturn would be sweet. Yeah, like one of the... Gaseous. I'm not gonna lie, man. I gotta see what this big old storm is on Jupiter. Like, I think that's what I have to go check out. And just how big it is. Yeah, just like look at that thing. Like, holy. Dude, call me call me basic, but Mars would definitely be the move. You don't have to screw around with the asteroid belt. Stay on this side. Just bring an asteroid belt. The belt. Actually, have some chance at a little bit of heat. Mm. I mean, I'm figuring I can actually, like, settle at this, like, you know, if it's going to be safe in my spot, but... That's fair. Saturn would be dope. So... One of the moons of Saturn? I feel like that's definitely a possibility. This is what I was looking up. Uh, How many moons, or, like, what's the most amount of moons that a planet has? It's Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah. With a confirmed 53. But there's a... 53 moons? Yeah. Between the two of them? Total. Like, no, no, no. Like, each. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. 53 each? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't think there were that many, but that's... Paul, don't lie. Internet said it. I mean, this is solarsystem.nasa.gov. So, Earth has one. That's official. Mars has two. Jupiter has 53... With 26 provisional being 79. Saturn 53, 29 provisional with 82. What in the world? Yeah. Yeah, 53 named moons and 26 awaiting official names for Jupiter. So. That's crazy. Just imagine how cool it'd be. <laughs> how would you know? You'd be like, oh, look at the moon. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, the night sky would be really yeah, wild. Yeah, which one? You're right. You need a sheet to keep them, you know, track. You think that, that would, imagine how bright the night sky would be. Yeah, you would get reflections off of all those moons. Wild. And that was talking space. Moving on to the third quarter. <laughs> that was talking space. Shout out, by the way, Platinum Digital Solutions, our boys. They're posting stuff for us, Jared Beck, the homie, the man, the myth, the legend. We appreciate you. Third quarter. Doge. Did it just get a little chilly in here? Or? Yeah, I uh, I just had a Zamboni go down my yeah, street. I was, was going to say, I just put on my sweatshirt because it's, it's cold. It's, it's about to be an ice time. With Dill. Dill, give us a little NHL uh, playoff update here. Yeah, we're going to peep some playoff puck. 
little playoff puck. So. A little triple P there. Yeah, we've we've done the triple P, you know. We'll see if it's a playoff puck. Plan, potential, prosper. Whoa. Be playoff puck. Talk a little bit playoff ball for basketball. This game's over. That was it. Um, so, you know, a couple things so far. Obviously, being a Lightning fan, I'm quite familiar with their games. I don't know if uh, if you guys keep up on the hockey quite as much, but I know you do at least pay attention to it and watch games from time to time. Now, so far in the playoffs, what teams are you guys liking? Um... You know, who do, who do you guys have where you're like, oh, this is, you know, a team that I could totally see moving on? Or, you know, you've seen some highlights or some fights of theirs, and you're like, I just like that team. Like, who are some teams this year uh, that are remaining in the playoffs currently? Um, in what would typically be the East, we have Tampa versus the Hurricanes. So the Lightning versus the Hurricanes. We have the Islanders versus the Bruins. Mm-hmm. We have the Golden Knights versus the Avalanche uh, in the West. And the last one in the West is Montreal versus the Jets. So the Canadians, which we've mentioned multiple times from our episodes of their four-peat um, back in the 80s. It was the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay, I thought they were. Yes. Um, Montreal and Carey Price. So, who, who are some teams you guys are liking? Um, so, I just have to say, anytime you get Boston versus New York, it's it's always a great time. So In that, any sport. That's yeah. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It could be like two guys shit-talking down the street, and you're like, oh man, this could get good. Like, it's Boston versus New York. Like... <laughs> It's always going to be good. So that's been a great series. Um, I've wa- like not like watched a lot of it, but I've tuned in for a little bit of it. It's been good. Jay Crowder just ran into the locker room. He's just like, it's over. Oh, my. Um, that was crazy. I don't know why. Sorry. Um, and then the other day, I was checking scores, just checking in on Big Dill's Tampa. You know, just checking to see what, what the deal was. Mm-hmm. And I look down and I see the Colorado Avalanche have six goals. Which in play, and it was like early in the game. <clears throat> and so that really is pretty, I would say, as far as I've seen, you know, and this is just me seeing numbers scroll across the ticker on ESPN or get a little flash update on the app. Like, six seems like a lot of goals in the playoffs in a non-overtime game. I also know that their guy, um, McKinnon, is nicknamed McJesus because he's so good. And that just makes me want to, like, tune in and watch this guy. So if you get to be so good that they're calling you McJesus then I'm, you've got my attention. So Certainly. I think the Avalanche, obviously the Lightning are the boys. They are fun to watch. We love tuning in for them. 
And then Boston, New York are, are what I've been watching. I don't know anything about the Jets and who they're Winnipeg is and they're playing. Who are they playing again? The Canadians. Uh, oh, yeah, because I had this game seven. I did check out that game seven a little bit. Yeah. We did watch that. Against Toronto. Yeah. I'm shocked that Toronto lost that series, being up 3-1 against a, you know, a team that was far inferior throughout most of the year. It's not just their MO, though, Toronto? Uh, like Toronto? Toronto blowing it in the playoffs? Yeah, Toronto's had problems with that for quite some time now. Dosh, so. who are you peeping? I'm with you, T. Last round, I was really enjoying the Knights, and they uh, they pulled out the win against the Wilds. But the Avalanche are just on a different level, it seems like, team. And uh, taking that series start 2-0 right now, you know, I think they're definitely, you know, my favorite to, to make it to the final out of their side. Yeah. Just the way they're playing is, is pretty lights out right now, and I'm pretty impressed from what I've seen. So I would have to go with the Avalanche as well. Yeah. I mean, last year... You know, I, I know I brought up Nathan McKinnon, um, you know, how he was really hot, especially from, like, the middle to the end of the year, going to the playoffs. They just didn't have, like, a complete team. Like, it seemed like the Avalanche, you know, hadn't been there for a while, and they just didn't do very well in the, in the bubble uh, for the playoffs. But, you know, this year they won the President's Trophy for the best overall uh, record as far as points, uh, which... You know, I'm familiar with that being a Tampa fan a couple of years ago when we got swept against the Blue Jackets. So that doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, once you get to the playoffs, like in hockey, I mean, the Canadians ended up winning. The Blue Jackets ended up beating us a couple of years ago. Like, you've seen better teams throughout the entire year go down early. Um, Colorado swept uh, the Blues in a pretty easy fashion in the first round. The... Knights, who they're playing now, had to go with you know the distance against the Wild uh, with a game seven, and then start this series two days later against the Avalanche, and then that's when the Avalanche just smacked them. Like, so you saw a little bit of rest versus uh, rust for the sure. Avalanche, and it was mainly just rest, and they just looked so much better. Which yeah. I was telling T off the air sometime that I really do not want to face the Avalanche if I don't have to. But then also, if somebody beats them, it's like, do I want to face them? Like, is they're even better? Um, so their goalie this year, Philip uh, Grubauer, he has played, like, out of his mind. Uh, he had some really good saves in the game so far. But defensively, they, they're just, like, a solid team. So they're tough to score on. Uh, him, Vasilevsky, and... I forget who the other goalie is going up for the Vesnia Trophy, which is the best goaltender trophy. I know that you've heard it be talked about with Andre Vasilevsky like mm-hmm. four years in a row. Um, the only other goaltender to do that, though, is Martin Brodeur, which is like one of the guys I watched growing up, you know, just like an all-time goalie. So I'm glad that he's super young still and he's already done that in his career. That's good for Tampa, it's good for us, but yeah, I think that the Avalanche are probably going to get through the Knights. Um, oh man, if Montreal ends up going on to win this series, just seeing, an, uh, not that Philip Grubauer is young by any means, but he's 
rather new to the NHL. Like, this is like his breakout year, and he's like 29. So, Carey Price is an older goaltender for the Canadians, but I mean, he's like that long-term guy who just keeps playing, like uh, Roberto Luongo, like Patrick Wall, like some of those guys who just play forever. Martin Brodeur that we brought up, like, mm-hmm. um, so he's a lifer. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, if he gets hot, man, that Avalanche-Montreal series would be pretty good, I feel like. Uh, Montreal's gotten the, well, no pun intended, I was going to say gotten the Jets going, but Jeez. I didn't even realize that was coming out until I <laughs> confirmed uh, when I looked at the Jets right there. So, I think this Islanders-Bruins series is going to be pretty good, too. Like, this is going to be, those teams are going to be beat up coming out of this. Like, they do not like each other, like TJ said, just as far as being a New York versus Boston team. Like, they just are going to beat each other up. Close game tonight, though. Went into overtime. Low-scoring game. Who won? Uh, Bruins won in overtime. So they're 2-1 in the series. Tampa, unfortunately, cannot go up 3-0 at home tonight after beating the Hurricanes twice on their own ice. Would have been nice to go up 3-0, but I think that we have to go through some of these adversity uh, points so we can kind of, you know, get our team together, refocus, like, hey, you know, we were a little bit sloppy this game. We didn't take advantage of some of the opportunities we did uh, in other games, and that gave, you know, that gave the team a loss there. So it's good for us, but, you know, I definitely want, I don't want to be tied 2-2. Like, if we're up a game in these series, it's okay for us to lose. If not, then like I just want us to win. Obviously, like I can get past the losses. Yeah, you had the you you got the cushion. Now that it's gone, it's like okay, it's winning time. Yeah, right. So, you know, I think that a couple of years ago when they got swept against the Blue Jackets, like that just gave them that like mental fortitude to move forward and be that like championship type team. Obviously, last year they were, but every year is different. They have a lot of returning guys, but. Still, I mean, it's it's a tough gauntlet in any of these seven-game series sports that we have, like baseball, basketball, and, and hockey. Um, am I missing any seven-game series sports? Yeah, I didn't think so, but yeah. Now, speaking of game sevens, sure, 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 sure. what series that are playing right now do you think are going to go to a game seven? With the thought that, I mean, Game Sevens are just—they—they they create moments. Only. So you want me to read the, the series numbers off real quick? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So Tampa's up two-one on the Canes. Not going seven. Bruins are up two-one on the Islanders. Avalanche are up two-zero on the Knights. Not going and seven. Montreal's up one-zero on the Jets. They play tomorrow. I know. Zero, like I said about Montreal and Winnipeg, not going seven. I'm calling that. Boston and New York, I think will go seven. Because why not? Josh, do you have any input on uh, any guesses here? No, I'd say they're both going seven. I'm with Dave. I think the Knights get broom. Get oh yeah, well, I think they snag one. I think they go down four one. I'm just shooting blind. I really don't know. I, I'm with you, Doge. I think that's going to be four one. 
I think the Islanders, Bruins are going to be seven. And I think the Montreal, the Jets, could honestly be a sweep in Montreal's favor. I think they just really? got hot at the right time. Okay. And they're just finding ways to win. They're just rolling. And the Jets, I just don't. I don't believe them. Let me look at their regular season points because I'm pretty sure they were like. Limping in to get in the playoffs? Yeah, like if they were in any other division, they wouldn't have gotten in. Yeah. Could be wrong, but. Made it to this actually. point. Okay, so Winnipeg actually outdueled Montreal. Uh, Montreal was the team that had a terrible record and got in. So, like I said, they got hot at the right time. I think they're going to go on and possibly sweep them, but <laughs> they play one game. So, like, there's a lot of hockey. Yeah. You know, a lot of playoff puck. A lot left. of puck left. A lot of peep in the playoff puck. So, last thing I'm going to ask you guys for our, you know, a little – even playoff puck we'll series. Uh, what matchup in the Stanley Cup is most intriguing for you guys? So, we would see Tampa, Carolina, the Islanders, or the Bruins come out of those that pot of four. One of those four teams versus the Knights, Avalanche, Canadians, and Jets. McJesus versus the defending champs. Just that headline alone. That'll get me to watch. Mick Jesus. Like, if someone came up to me on the street and I had no idea what the sport was, and they're like, hey, tonight, 7 o'clock, Mick Jesus versus the defending champs, you in? I'd be like, I mean, yeah, what are we watching? Like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> How long do I have to dedicate? Who's Mick Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. Where do I get tickets? Yeah, right. How much is a game? Yeah, That's I'm with you, T. I, I really don't care about any of the teams in the West. I mean, I have a soft spot for the Bruins. I, they're always the guys I use in NHL, and they're like the Boston guys. So yeah. that'd be cool, but that's the one I think that's getting the most box office there. Okay. Do you have anything else, Dodge? Or are you Maybe, just uh, go for the clean three-game sweep here? Truthfully, the Islanders... Closing out the Coliseum with the like bringing Lord Stanley back to that would be pretty cool since it's the last year they're playing there. But it'll be a good storyline. But I'm I think I'm with UT on the uh, or on the Big Jesus defending champs. Yep. I know I've been agreeing with you this whole this whole session here for the ice time, but that's okay. Colorado, bro, I'm a believer that they, they seem to be playing real well. And I'll, I'll run it with the Homer podcast vibe of get these lightning in here, dog. Let's That's go. That's what I'm saying. We can't bet against the boys. Yeah, I, I really don't know. So the Knights are a newer you fan go, base. Maybe, I mean, the Canadians. If you go to the game and they lose, are you just never going to go to a playoff game again? Because, like, you're just know. bad luck, right? I'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. I was gonna say, yeah, you've got to got to get a better record. Go ahead. So I don't know if you're addressing that. No, I will. I will at the end. Oh, uh, sure. For I'm gonna keep it for the very end. Buzzy, buzzy. If you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. So I think that wraps up kind of our, our you know, there. our third period. Absolutely. You know, 
for us it's the third quarter, but for hockey it's the third period. So okay, wrap up the third period, moving on to the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Right. Yeah. Sure. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, we got the wheel of debate, ladies and gents. It's back. It's back in action. Uh, it was incredible last time. It's going to be incredible again. One more shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Darren Jeffers, Super D. Can't thank you enough for building this for us, man. Um, we're excited to get it going. And um, does anyone have a guess? Let's go guesses for the number right here, Bill. Thoughts? It's pretty evenly. I was, I was a big person on the eight last week, I believe. You were, yep. yep. So. Big component of the eight. I think I'm going to have to stick with eight. Sticking with eight. It's a solid number. Is Doug? it the same ratio? Can I see the board? Can oh. I see the wheel? Yep. Here, let's get a live look what this board looks like right now. A little bit more even this week. Yeah, we we <laughs> we got eight topics this week. Oh, I love it. I'm going seven. Lucky seven. You little son of a number one, boys. I'm going number one. Number one. Here comes big old spin of the wheel of debate, and the crowd goes crazy. It's going to be eight for sure. Oh, number two. Wow. Okay. Pretty topical. Do you believe Danny Ainge was a successful GM for the Boston Celtics? A lot of people are saying it was kind of a 50-50, if you will. You know, had some good years, got the one championship, but it was a long tenure. Maybe he could have sold out more for guys like Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Paul George, um, you know, bring Kyrie back if you can, pay what you can for Gordon Hayward, etc. Um, I'll let you guys go first, still. Yeah, I mean, he, he brought a championship back. Uh, the reason why I'm going to say I'm hesitant to completely say yes is because the Celtics have a history of winning at a higher rate feel like typically or frequency right so you know in the span of what 18 years since 2003 yeah so like 17 18 years depending right. on how the like actual, right the actual timing of it right yeah uh you think that you guys had a lot of talent throughout the years i mean that's basically the entire time that i've paid attention to professional basketball um, was right around those like 2004 Pistons, like that era, like LeBron coming into the league. I think him coming into the league, honestly, like when Probably. I was like eight or nine, when he came in, it was like, okay, yeah, he, I'm gonna watch this sport now, like right, pretty consistently, sure. especially as like a Cleveland person. But <sighs> I'm going 60-40, yes, because of the chip. Okay, sure, Doge. I say yes. I agree you bring the ship home. But to also leave a team on your way out in a position where there's still a playoff team with two young stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, yes, you need some more pieces to to get to where you'd want to be as the Celtics. But I think they have some good pieces to build around. So I think he left them in a good spot and brought them a ship along the way. 
So I think that's a successful successful bout as GM. There's no way you can say it was a failure. It's an absolute joke. First of all, if you get one championship, you're a successful GM. That's just 100%. point blank, period. Injuries have plagued many a team of Danny Ainge. If Kevin Garnett is healthy, they may have potentially three-peated. If Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are healthy, who knows what we could do. We went to seven games with LeBron James without both of those guys. Um, that was with, like, Kelly Olenek, right? Yeah, like Jason Tatum and Jay Crowder and... Yeah, that was in 2018. That might have been the year before, but either way, those, well, we've been in the conference finals a bunch of years, so... Um, yeah, like, you can always be like, I love that you can play the what-if game for anybody, and, and anybody always. Like, oh, well, what if we could have gotten Anthony Davis? Like, you can play it with, like, well, yeah, maybe we could have potentially uh, Anthony Davis and Tyree and Jason Tatum right now. Or we could potentially have just Jalen Brown because Anthony Davis left after he was with us and Kyrie left after the year because they didn't want to re-sign and, and we had to trade Jason Tatum to get Anthony Davis. So you can always nitpick a deal here and there, but for the most part, I'd say Danny won most of his deals. He won a championship. The last few years of his, his team maybe weren't the best, but he still has two of the best young stars in the league. And... If he didn't have some injuries, they might have even been better teams. And when your team goes to the conference finals, you know, I guess not this year, but before that, three of the last four years, you have to call that a success when some people are just tanking and trying to get draft picks. So um, I won't I won't even entertain the idea that he was not successful. No. So let's, let's do another spin, boys. Here we go. Number one. This is a bit of an interesting topic here. Sticking on the NBA. And this is, I guess, kind of more of a question of games played. But do you think LaMelo or Anthony Edwards should be Rookie of the Year? Ah. Dill, I'll have you go first because I know you thoroughly enjoy both of these guys. No. He's speechless. He doesn't even want to... He can't even talk about him. Doge, I'll let you go first. It still gathers his thoughts as he's stunned at the topic. It's a tough one for me. It really is. Because um, I really like the way Lamelo was playing and he came out hot. He was injured and sat out 21 games this year and Anthony Edwards finished really hot I think he I'm gonna get the stats wrong in the final stretch of games he was shooting like 45% from three and averaging like 23 points a game which was pretty impressive I think when they wound up finishing it up Anthony Edwards averaged like maybe three more points per game but then had maybe three less assists a game something like that so they're pretty close yeah but i think the way that anthony edwards finished is going to get him rookie of the year because he was playing way better at the tail end of the season 
Lamelo played fifty one games. Anthony Edwards played all seventy two. That's an important stat for something like this. Coming out and playing every game, he there was a really good stretch where he was going like playing very very well. Dozier's kind of mentioning that. Um. But their team sucked. So like, their team was ass. Like what? Do you, like what? It's kind of like empty calories, you know, on the on his team. So I think it's going to be Lamelo because he came back and finished out the season a little bit and played some. If he wouldn't have done that, I think it would have been easily Anthony Edwards. Um, Lamelo was, you know, much better rookie. I thought, even though Anthony Edwards is a very good rookie. Um, but if you're asking me for top shot purposes, has to be Anthony Edwards. Got a lot of good dunks of his on top shot. Um, no. <laughs> but, so you got to bounce that value up. That's what I'm saying. It's Anthony Edwards for sure. He's awesome. He's sick. He's going to be a legendary <laughs> Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> no. Um, it's a really tough call because that's like such a close window of games. It's a short season, so missing that many games for Lamelo is pretty significant. Um, but he was really good when they when they were playing. So I'm going Lamelo, but I think it'll be Anthony Edwards. That, that's my thought. If I had to vote, I'd vote Lamelo, but I think it will be Anthony Edwards. Shouts out to Tyrese Halliburton flying under the radar, who's an incredible rookie. Peyton Pritchard doesn't deserve any votes, but I love him. Shouts out Peyton Pritchard. Mm. Dill. <clears throat> yep. Who's your favorite guy here out of these two guys that you just love so much? All right, so out of what some may call principle, by default, I am, I am voting for and should, uh, and believe he should get it, is Anthony Edwards. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, Lamal, 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 Lamal Ball, Lamelo Ball, will not get a vote from me. <laughs> that's just all, that's all he says. He just he will not get a vote. No. You're you're just salt because you said he was gonna be trash at the beginning of the year, and he turned out to be good. And he just freaking fired just easily the steal like not steal the draft, but just best pick. It's not even close. It's okay to be wrong, Dale. It's okay. Just wait. I've man. been wrong before. Just, just wait. He just hits you with a just wait. Yeah, just wait. All right. May take a year or so to prosper. He has some of the sauciest passes in the league, bro. He's, he's... Yeah. Sure. What else does he do well? I mean, he had 16 points a game. It's pretty good for a rookie. He went 16, 6, and 6. Yeah. Those are good numbers. And yeah. he didn't play. He wasn't even the starter. It's fine for role players. For the most part. You can have those stats and get by as a role player. My lord. You are so wild, dude. What was 20, that? How, did I, how did Isaac Okoro do this year? Yeah, the Cavs did pretty well. The trash can freaking Jones. They're just a mess. He doesn't count. I hear Sexton's on his way out. Yeah, I mean, like, if you... He's actually, like, kind of good. He just... He does some he, stupid stuff because he 
is the only one that can do anything on that team. He's talented, but the word is that the the locker room sees him as a ball hawk. Yeah. They don't want him. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to just put your you know foot down and be like, hey, look, he's better than all of you, so if you guys got better, then it would be an issue. But you guys all suck, so how about you work on your game, and then when you're good, you can complain about it. And then it's an issue, because it's like now he's just not sharing with good players. That'd be interesting. See I think Darius Garland is better than him. I, don't I think I would rather have I would rather build around Darius Garland as a starting guard than Colin Sexton. Yeah, I mean, like I don't yeah. know exactly why we need both of them either. I mean, I've legit heard that people make fun of players on the Cavs because Colin Sexton isn't going to pass them the ball. Yeah, I mean, we've we've did you know dove into those stats a little bit. I just want to bring it up again. It's like he's just like has to be a ball hog. That's, like, what people are saying. The worst thing about him, by far, has nothing the to do with... The Jedi Braid. The rat tail? Has <laughs> yeah. nothing to do with basketball. It's the fact that he has that stupid rat tail. <laughs> Yo, if he could go Jordan Clarkson on my ass and braid the shit... And it would look so much better. I wouldn't even care. And I did not like that for Jordan Clarkson. What an incredible uh, I mean, I what? bet you cut the rat tail, he learns how to pass a little bit more. <laughs> it might be your solution. It wasn't him. In, it's in holding him back. It's the freaking rat tail that he's Mr. Guy and just shoots all the time. I mean, well. <laughs> He's Mr. Guy. He's Mr. Guy. <laughs> he just shoots all the time. Oh, Jesus. Hey. One more spin, boys? Yeah. We got Let's a, give us one more spin. Yeah, we got a wad a time. A wad a time? Yeah, wheel of debate. Like a wad of time? Sure. A lot of time. It's going to be an eight. Watch this. It's a good, Seven. Good spin. Number two. Number four. Dang. Who will have more post-legend success? Duke or North Carolina? As Coach K has now announced, he will be retiring after the season. I guess we don't know who the Duke coach will be, so that kind of makes it a bit it's, tougher. Uh, it's one of the guys that's been with him for a while. Oh, they already announced it? Like, Cryer or something like that is going to be the successor. Wow. Okay. Kruger? Let me look it up, and you guys can go ahead. Okay. I actually need need the information, Dill. It, it does John affect Cryer. my... How do you spell his name? S C H Shire, like E Y E R. Shire. I think former player, correct? Chair. Former Duke player. 
He's been assistant at Duke since about John Shire. I don't think he's like a guy that exudes confidence. He, he just like Coach K had this mystique about him where it's like, ooh, Coach K, the aura Duke, like But maybe Coach K passes on maybe. some sneaky moves. I was gonna say John Shire don't I don't even know what he looks like. His name He looks like his a name six just foot sounds five like me. His name sounds like he would get into some sneaky Duke business to get some guys in town. He looks like if you put me on a stretching rack and made me six foot five. Whoa. He's just got the glasses. Oh my god, I do remember this guy so much, bro. Ugh. I'm definitely rooting for North Carolina. This dude? Yeah. Uh, he's gonna be good, though. I think. But Heber Davis will be good too. I knew he was gonna have glasses for sure. He looked like. He I mean, had if glasses. he's gonna be there for a long time, he's young, dude. Yeah. Like he'll be the next forty-year coach. Potentially, yeah. That dude, like, yeah. I mean, he's right only now. thirty-three. Like, if he's good, okay. So forty, which would put him exactly at what Coach K's at. So, which is 72, 73. There you go. So in be a long time. In twenty sixty one well twenty sixty two. We'll see if that takes right. So we'll be on episode Holy crap. Sixty thousand by that. One thousand five hundred and ninety two. <laughs> I hope we haven't won that by then. Oh, yeah. Forty years? Yeah. I hope so. I don't know if we can ramp it up. Alright, so we're at three, right? So 40 divided by three times nine. What'd I say? 1,582 or something like that? Uh, yeah. On the same pace that we're at, we're at we'd, we'd be at about our 1,187th episode. So we'd be closing in on twelve. There's no way that variable remains the same. Yeah, I mean, in a good, for, I a good or, for a good or a bad, who knows? Number. I mean, in forty years, we're still doing this. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what I think I'll be in my sixties. We'll all be in our sixties. Just some old dudes. Just right. some old dudes. <laughs> Just <laughs> using primitive technology, probably to. <laughs> Do you talk on a primitive social media platform? Yeah, they're like, Grandpa, why do you still FaceTime your friends? 
Get out of here, kids. We're doing a pod. Yeah, there's a teleport there. Grandpa's podcasting again. <laughs> Grandpa, you're so weird. So why do you call him Doge? <laughs> Nobody listens to podcasts anymore, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, Jason Tatum retired a long time ago. <laughs> Stop talking about him. <laughs> no, I will not. All right, moving on, buzzer beaters. Yeah. We're going to let Dill go last, I think. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Doge, we'll go you first. Shout out to my good friend, Kyle Gibby Gibson. The Gibster. Sure. And Myers Shank Racing for taking the checkered flag at the Indy 500 with Helio Castroneves. Whoa. Heck yeah. So, hold on. Quick 30. Yes. Was that the guy who was with the Matt Harvey team? Yes. Okay, because I was like, oh, this guy's with Matt Harvey. Like, we're cheering on Matt Harvey. That's Doge's guy. Meanwhile, I'm just wrong, and they're winning. That's incredible. Continue. Meyer Shank had, uh, yeah, they had Hilo Castroneves. So they took the they took the checkered flag. That is so sick. They is he just, like, team. going bonk? Can we, like, does he want to come on the show and just talk about winning the Indy 500? I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, I was just texting him. I, I, could, I could give him a shout for sure. Is this That's awesome, because, or like, who is this? So I it's thought two. He says good friend, right? It's one of my buddies that I went to high school with. Like we would always clown around, whip it around together when we were in high school, driving around. We went to church together, um, and he's a mechanic on the Meyer Shank racing team. Crazy. And like Helio Castroneves, from what I understand, like got kicked off, or like they didn't renew his contract at the last place. So he like signed this like little mini deal as like a fu. To the guys, because, like, the people who bought the Indy 500, like, track, I I need I need to do way more research on this story, but from what I understand, people who bought the Indy 500 track also had, like, Kilo Castronavis on their team, and then they, like, sold him off, and then he's just like, oh, cool, let me just go win the race that you guys just bought with my own, like, little kind of smaller club. I love that. Well, that's I have heard that goes. story, but I'm all in. That is amazing, Doge. That's so exciting. I was going to ask about that anyway. So, Yes. And that was a historic win. He's the, uh, one of a few four-time winners. Right, yeah. That's a tie for the record, right? Yes. So maybe he'll return next year with the same guys and... Run it back. Try to run it back for some history. Yes, dude. Yes. Um, are you checking my math here? There's something else that he did too. Like he's one, he's like one of a couple drivers. <clears throat> I think to win that, something with like the 24 hours of Daytona, and then 24 hours or something else. I thought like he's won like major events. He's like yeah, one he's of the a big name. Here. He's a big name. <clears throat> maybe the Le Mans 24 hour if it's another 24 hour race. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look it up for some, some better research. Why. Let me do. Let me work with the stats team on this one while we pull up your guys' buzzer beaters. Yeah, they, we have them for another ten minutes till two two a.m. So sure, Seth. Yeah, we got a little bit of late pod. We're making the work over. <laughs> um. Okay. So I'll go. 
Some big UFC fights coming up here this weekend. We have the number two heavyweight in the world, Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Um, that's going to be an incredible fight. I'm really looking forward to that. Some big heavyweight strikers there. Looking forward to UFC just being back for a little fight night there. But more importantly, the following weekend, we have Izzy Adesanya versus Vittori. Izzy Adesanya defending his belt there, the style bender. Um, that's going to be an incredible fight because Vittori is really strong, really good fighter, um, and you know, really kind of on the up and up and really wants the title bad. So that's going to be a really, really good, good fight. And it's always interesting to watch Izzy Adesanya fight because he's such a different type of fighter and such a technical fighter that it, you know his opponents always kind of look a little bit different than him and fight different than him. So it's interesting to see how he approaches each, each battle. Um, and he just came off one of his only or a few losses. So, what's that? It says Helio, right? Yeah. And yeah, he definitely kind of looks like Jean Girard. Jean Girard. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, just looking forward to some good UFC coming up. Obviously, we got uh, McGregor Poirier will be soon, too, but. Izzy Adesanya Vittori. Tune in for that if you if you like any UFC. That's gonna be a great great title fight. Doge, you got any stats team on it? So he also raced in the Champ Car series, which um, he did from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand one. He had some races in there, but I'm not seeing anything about the twenty four hour. I'm trying to find some. Is the 24 Hours of Daytona with some team that I, I haven't found anything else on him? Okay. So. 24 Hours of Daytona. So anyway, point is, he's a good driver. You know? Yeah, right. He, he can drive a car. At a, he knows the way around a vehicle. Famous yeah. driver. Quick. World, world famous, legendary <laughs> driver. Yep. Sure. Dill, um, we'll let you close it out here. What do you got for us, man? Yeah, so did you guys know that the average temperature of Saturn's minus 288 degrees Fahrenheit? Uh, no. Well, either way, I thought, you know, it was important since we were talking about it earlier. You know, Saturn, Jupiter, Well, I mean, yeah, we planets. almost all of us picked in, like, habitable places to settle. You cannot settle Jupiter, from what I understand. No. So I, not fly. We aren't there yet as a species, but it'll be 6,267 days since I stepped foot for the first time at the time Tampa Bay Times Forum. The Tampa Bay Times Forum. What is that? Hold on. Okay. It was the St. Pete Times Forum. The St. Pete Times I was like, Tampa did not sound right. So that's how long it's been, okay? This is April 8th, 2004. Wow. It's the first time I stepped into that arena and solidified my fandom for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That game was the first game of the NHL playoffs for the Stanley Cup for their 03-04 season. Mm-hmm. With a 3-0 victory over the New York Islanders. 
He went on to win that against the Calgary Flames sure. for the first ever Stanley Cup in Tampa. Wow. With classics Dang. like Nikolai Abby Bullen, Ooh. Dave Andre Truck, Vinny Cavier, and Martin St. Louis. Oh, Martin. Some other, some other dudes. Ruslan Fedotenko. Jeez. I mean, these guys, you know. It was a fun team to watch. And the reason why I'm saying it's going to be 6,267 days between that time and when I go to Game 4 tomorrow, at this time it's tomorrow. Sure. Saturday, June 6th. Yes. Down in Tampa. So I am beyond pumped to be able to go to that game. I... (laughs) And just ready to see them play. Uh, to be honest, uh, tonight was a little bit of a tough loss to understand that I was going to potentially be there for the closeout game if they were to win yeah, uh, tonight. Could have been a sweep. Could have been a nice sweep and see them no, just go on to the tie. next round. Yeah, and I don't have a good history with watching the Lightning um, and no, having dude. them win. Now I will say when I went to Detroit, their record when I go to their games are two and two. So what about when you go to home games? Home games are one and zero. So that's the difference. Yeah, You're just not a road guy. Yeah, um, I mean they're one and two on the road when I go to watch them, but in the playoffs they're uh, two and one. So we're up and up. We're we're positive we're both ways. Up. We're up and up. We're doing well. We're looking good. Yep. Like I said earlier, it was good for us to lose the game, kind of get us to refocus and hunker down again and make sure we don't give them those opportunities like we did tonight and we take advantage of the ones that we have ourselves. Really looking at having some live audio from a crowd. Yeah, dude. Being in like a just being stadium. in a, Just being in an arena. Like yeah, Get that audio for going sure. Going ham. Get some audio for sure. Man. I'm excited. We need that. I'm very excited. It's going to be like... 40 hours or 36 hours in Florida, but the most important two and a half to three hours of their season, I hope to be there, as of now at least. Sure, sure, sure. Hopefully. Yeah. Hey, they're looking good right now. I'm obviously the loss tonight, but they've been playing well. And, like, I've been watching them struggle through the playoffs all the years through... Um, the Penguins when we just could not get it past their defenders because they blocked every shot that we took. Uh, the Bruins a couple times. Like, all the years that John Cooper started, you know, with our coaching team, like, I've just watched them go through so much where it's going to be so nice as, like, somebody who's older, like, when I went the first time, I was, like, turning 10 like I was not yeah you like weren't 10. super so, like, aware it was cool but it wasn't like you yeah feel the moment of it right and I don't know much of it like I didn't know much about it then I just knew like okay obviously the score and like if they were winning and stuff like that but, um yeah man so I'm just excited to go I just want to see my team play like that's like the biggest thing is that like I don't ever get to see them play so right. at least live um in person Watch their games a lot on TV, dedicate, you know, if I can, I don't do things so I can watch the games. Right. Uh, excited, man. That's going to be super dope, man. I'm glad that you get to go down and do that. Hopefully they can pull off the dub for you, especially yeah. home game action. If they get to a Stanley Cup again, 
I told TJ that I'm either getting a TV to watch it on a nice new big TV, or I want to go down for a game and just be there, even if I can't get into the stadium. Like, if the prices are just, like, down in the, uh, just, just stupid high. Down at a local bar or something like yeah. that. Fan watch. That'd be cool for sure. So, that's the plan. Definitely. Well, hey, Stan. hopefully it goes well, Stan. Good. That's a good Stanley. plan. Stanley Cup, Lord Stanley. Yeah. I mean, I heard he wanted to keep the tan. He said he liked it. He's looking good tan. Yeah. Lord Stanley down there. I, I was going to make the SN uh, Stanley nudes. Mm. But, it, yeah, it didn't make sense. It doesn't really ride that well. Yeah. Good call. I mean, so. they're dropping there at the end for a little, yeah. little nugget for just a shout. The fans. Well, good luck to you, Dill. Safe travels. We appreciate it. Thank you for being yeah. on the pod. It was a good one. As always. Doge, thank you for being on the pod. It was a good one as well. Pleasure as always, gentlemen. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. This is The Clubhouse.